podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Podcast patrons, Leave the Pin Podcast is super stoked to have Gas House Golf as their official clothing sponsor for the podcast. Go to gashousegolf.com, find them on all forms of social media at Gas House Golf. Gas House makes affordable, eye-catching, one-of-a-kind polos that help you stand out from the crowd. Why spend $75, $100, or even more on polos that make you look like everybody else when you can get one at an affordable price from Gas House Golf? Hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my co-host, Scott, here. And together today, we are going to be in charge of running the My Course episode. And Scott, why don't you tell the people what course we chose to talk about today? So uh, we, we've selected a place very near and dear to our hearts. Um, if you are from Long Island, like us, uh, this was probably one of, if not the first course you played on. Today we're going to talk about, that's right, Candiac Park in Hicksville, New York. Yeah, so Candiac Park was actually definitely the first course that I ever played on. I got duped into playing there. Um, it is a, for no better term, rinky-dink par three course, although they are some par fours, quote-unquote. Uh, Scott, it, it measures what, 1,800 yards? Uh, from the tips, I believe it's 1,872. And That's a when I say from the course. tips, I don't think that there's more than one set of tees. So. Yeah. Um, so to give you an idea, this is a municipality-owned course on Long Island in Hicksville, correct? Correct. Okay. And it is nine holes. Um, you really have to be a township resident in order to play because otherwise the prices are astronomical. Scott, why don't you run down some of the pricing for Caniac Park? So if you, it's a county course. So if you're a oh, okay. resident of Nassau County and you have a leisure pass uh, on a weekday, this place will run you about 17 bucks. Apparently there's a discounted leisure pass now, which they didn't have, I don't think, when we were playing. You um, think that's like a senior thing? Uh, it probably is. That um, that gets you on for for nine bucks for nine holes, which I'll be honest with you, that's about the value. Um, but if you're us um, and you want to just show up on a weekday and play Caniac Park, it's going to be uh, twenty eight bucks. Twenty eight dollars for nine holes. Course measures eighteen hundred and seventy two yards from the tips, probably something like fourteen hundred from the white tees, if you will. So mm. already we're getting pretty steep. Uh, in the pricing. But one of the great things about this course is it is truly, I would say, a beginner's as well as an old person course. It's all Long Island. Like I said, mm -hmm. in Hicksville, very flat course, easy to easy to walk, easy to maneuver around. Uh, very, very short green to tee walks. In some cases, literally, you step off the green and step onto the next tee box. Yeah, there, there's maybe a, a handful of holes where you're going to walk more than 10 feet but i don't think for the most part that's really going to be your your situation if that's an issue for you so no i'm going to say it has probably been 24 years 25 years since i've played there 
Um, mm. You and I, though, have played there probably some, I would say, upwards of what, 20, 30 times? I, I would venture to say it's probably more than that. Maybe, yeah. I didn't want to over-exaggerate. Yeah, but uh, it, again, it all after a while, it all kind of blends. Of course. Um, I, I also, just to um, kind of give people an idea of the, the facility that's there, um, if you um, do want to go work on your game before you head out, there's also a 36-hole driving range. Um, I have a funny story about that. A 36-stall driving range. I have a funny right, story about right. that that I'll get to. Um, and then there's also a miniature golf course, which, if I remember correctly, you and I played, like, the day it opened. Yes. So that's true. And And actually, if you do remember, and I remember this explicitly, we brought our own putters that day as well. Mm, we did. And we had some big type of championship. And I, I believe it was something along the lines of you pay $10, you can play all day if you want. Like they give you a receipt, you can come back later in the day. And, and Scott, I might be exaggerating a bit, but I swear we played 72, 90 holes, something like that. We, we probably did. Yeah. We might have left, gotten lunch, and gone back. So like this, this place here is really low key it's it's really no frills and when we say Caniac park it's actually an enormous county park it's a 115 acre park um they have a pool there they have an ice skating rink right yep tennis courts uh you know the nine hole golf uh really anything that you could need for this town of Hicksville and and this course was literally I mean, seven to eight minutes from where we grew up in the next town over. So it was yeah. very easy to get to, um, bordered by the Northern State and uh, what's what's uh, Wantor State Parkway, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, and old country roads in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, the other sort of thing, because it is a gigantic county park, and, and thank you for mentioning that, because that reminded me of something. Um, there's a softball field. Like or maybe two softball fields that you're right are you're in play. right. Yes, <laughs> yes, Scott, you are so right. And if I'm not mistaken, it's awful of like the eighth hole or something like that. And a well struck softball or baseball can make its way onto the golf course, and a well or poorly struck, excuse me, golf ball can make its way onto the softball and baseball fields. Yeah, I think it also, and just looking at a, a little satellite image, um, it also kind of gets into the neighborhood of the ninth hole, but I feel like there's some trees in the way, but definitely the eighth hole. And another thing to mention is that there's houses that are really in play down the whole, you know, eastern portion of the course. And you got to understand something about Kaniac Park. As soon as you throw a course that's nine holes out there with uh, questionable conditioning and very short holes, you are not attracting the hardcore golfer, right? You're attracting the hit and giggle, the drunk guys, or the newbies. So when mm -hmm. we say those houses are in play, I mean, I know for a fact that I've hit them before. You know, I'm sure you've hit some of them before, and I'm Definitely. sure thousands upon thousands of other Long Islanders that have played there have hit those houses before. 
Yeah, and I, I'm sure they do their best to kind of like keep it, you know, as safe as possible, we'll say. Um, but I, again, looking at that satellite image, there's the it's the fourth green. Um, the fourth green is maybe 15 feet from someone's backyard. Yes, that's no word of a lie. And the the fifth T is probably in someone's backyard. Now it, that's that's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. And then the sixth green is in that person's neighbor's backyard. So that before, might even be closer. Wow. They, before we get into some of those um, my course questions that we go, it, it, am I mistaking this course for another? Or off the first tee, was there an enormous chain link fence down the left side protecting players? on like the sixth or seventh green uh you are a hundred percent correct about the okay. fence uh the hole that it, the green that it's protecting is the fifth hole okay um because you that's kind of like there's a that's where you make a turn let's say because that the fifth hole plays back to the the clubhouse and then the sixth tee is kind of next to the clubhouse okay gotcha Let's run down the numbers for people to, to show you how short this course is. Hole number one, 259 yards, par four, followed by 173-yard par three, 150-yard par three, 200-yard par three, which is, that's, that's a stout test right there, 200 yards. Yes. Considering the next two holes are 257, 272, and they're both par fours. And then we finish with 157-yard par three, a 228-yard par three, and 182-yard par three for a par of 30. So even though it's very short, even though the par is only 30, if you're a new golfer and they hit you with 173 yard par three, 200 yards, 228 mm. finish at 182. Like that is a beast of a course. No, you again, that's like, that's like us open style where it's like, it could be a three, a four, but they're going to, it could be a five, but they're going to play it as a four. <laughs> um, that's I think that's what they're trying to do here. They're they're trying to protect par. Yeah, well, they're they're doing a very good job with the clientele that plays there. Uh, I will tell you that par, I'm sure, is completely protected. So, Scott, we're we're going to go through. We'll we'll interview ourselves. Uh, one of the things we always ask is kind of like the golfing background. Now, obviously, it's not the golfing background we are now because we haven't played. But right. back then, what type of golfer would you considered yourself? So I had actually played Candiac Park before I played it with you. Um, I had extensive experience with golfing, uh, but I had kind of given up the game for a little bit. I played with my grandfather when I was mm -hmm. younger, um, and we would go to um, the pitch and putt at Jones Beach. Yeah, that's uh, gone now. Yep, the pitch and putt at, at Robert Moses, which is still there. Yep. Um, and then... Once I got to, you know, be able to hit the ball a little bit better, we would go to the, um, I guess it was the the Long Island, like, Veterans Hospital, um, the VA, and they had a golf course, and we would play that for a while. But then he stopped playing, and I stopped playing, and then I didn't start playing again until you started playing. Yeah. And so that's when we kind of, like, started going back that's when that was when i went to candy park for the first time so my first experience there 
I was actually duped into playing. And this is actually how I got into the game of golf. And then mm. it was shortly after that I had learned that you had played a little bit before and we were kind of like, oh my God, dude, like let's start playing. You know, we're both, yeah. you're, you're getting back into it. I'm new to it. So I worked it at Carvel my junior, senior year of high school, maybe even three years. I don't remember. And every single guy that worked at Carvel played golf. Now we all wrestled as well. So they were like, Dan, you should come play golf with us. You got to learn. It's awesome. Like, man, golf was whack as hell. I don't do that. Like, I do a real sport. I'm going to be wrestling in college, man. Like, that's dumb. I'm not playing golf. So one day we're, we're driving around. They're like, hey, you want to go to the park or something? like that? All right, cool, cool, cool. And uh, I was under the impression we were going to play mini golf. Well, we go to the driving range, and they're all hitting balls and stuff. Like, you want to try it? I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. I'll try it or whatever. Cool. Uh, you know, I swung and missed, hit like two or three. It was awful. I'm like, yeah, this isn't that fun. Let's go play mini golf. So the pro shop, if you will, Scott, I don't even know what mm. you want to call it there. The, the main it's, shack. It's like a Quonset hut. It, it's, <laughs> God, it's, it really is. It is exactly shaped like a Quonset hut. If you don't know, uh, Native Americans have a long history on Long Island. Go look it up, okay? It's like a new age millennial Quonset hut. Mm. So my, my one buddy, Pat Sweeney, goes in there and we're in the car. And he's like, all right, guys, we're good. So I thought he paid for mini golf. And I said, well, how much do I owe you? And he said, well, since it's your first time, we're treating you. So kind of perplexed, I was like, guys, I've played mini golf before. Like everybody has. And he's like, yeah, 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 just come on. So they get clubs out of the trunk. And I'm like, why are you guys getting clubs out of the trunk? And they're like, oh, we just had to drop them off at, at the pro shop here. Like, they're going to be regripping our clubs. Okay, whatever, cool. So we get there, and do and you remember, Scott, they would announce your name off the big megaphone that was attached to the side yep. of this building. Yep, definitely. So, so we get there, and they start putting, and I'm like, oh, let me putt too. I'm warm enough for mini golf, right? We're putting, and I hear Sweeney, party of four, next on the tee. And it doesn't register. And they start walking over. You remember the bench that they always have by that first tee there? Mm -hmm. So they sit down. And there's a group of older gentlemen on the tee box. And they're all talking. And they're kind of laughing and gigging. I'm like, guys, what? Like, when are we playing mini golf? Like, what the hell? And they're like, well, we're playing golf here. I said, no, we're not playing golf here. I don't even know how to play golf. Why would I go play golf? And they're like, because we're teaching you. And we, we know how you are. If you can't do something, you're going to want to do it. And I was like, whatever, like, I'm sure curse words were exchanged. I was like, you guys are effing morons. Like, I hate you all. I don't want to do this. And then I said, aha, you idiots. I don't have clubs. And my buddy Pat had like four or five extra clubs in his bag. He's like, you're going to play out of my bag. I said, well, there's no way in hell I'm hitting an open tee shot on this first hole with all these people around. Like, that's cool, whatever. Mm -hmm. We walk off. I get to the second hole. Long story short, I put like three of his balls OB. I see these idiots who I am superior to athletically take easy swings, crush the ball. And I'm like, that's it. Like, you have to show me how to do this. So they give me a few pointers. I make it through the round. Hated it. I believe I was back at the range the next day. I believe I probably called you the day after that. I'm like, Scott, let's go to the range. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of like how our love affair with golf started and how – Caniac became central to that. 
Uh, you know, and again, like that, I feel like that experience is not uncommon for probably a lot of people. Um, to um, to piggyback off that, I've I've talked about my buddy Mike. You know Mike, of course, really well. Um, so Mike at one point decided he wanted to play golf. He's like, ah, uh, you know, uh, he's a st- he's a stock guy, you know, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I learn how to play golf, so you know, I have something to to talk about when I go on these meetings and things like that. Um, so we would go out to the, the range for a while. Um, there was a, there used to be a range out in Farmingdale, which wasn't far from his house. I forget what it was called, but we used to go out there also. And, um, I take him there. I took his dad there once. Um, we put, you know, we went to the range and finally one day I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to bring him out to a course. So I was like, ah, let's go to the, the range at Caniac park. And I much like, uh, Pat and, um, I think it was probably brian was one of the guys you worked at carvel with uh yeah yeah and And, uh and jimmy wheeler and and carlos who was a Ah, a functioning high school alcoholic solid solid crew um (laughs) yeah um much like that group i grabbed him and i'm like you know what you're good enough we're going out and i paid for him to go and and we went and he was not expecting to play real golf that day but he did and he actually didn't play badly so again i think that that's probably a a situation that that plays out quite often there i uh i just found scott this is interesting i just found a golf on long island website a golfer's internet guide to the public courses of nassau and suffolk so if you run this website yeah we're gonna give you a little bit of so i actually know the guy who runs that website Okay, well, this is interesting because there's a ton of courses listed, and I'm actually going to bookmark this because this is some good reading, honestly, for courses that we grew up playing. Um, But I want to read a little excerpt, if you will, on the layout of Kaniac. Where where are we right here? I like I like. Is this the flyover? This yes, this is the flyover Kaniac. Uh, golf course. It says there is some hidden danger on the 200-yard fourth, where shots to the right can slip down into a recess against or under the perimeter fence. Mm. You don't normally see perimeter fencing affecting shots unless I would think you're overseas. Uh, like I expect that, you know, for like sheep and 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 cattle fencing or rock fences over in Ireland or Scotland or, you know, fences that are 200 plus years old. Um, it says unofficially Kaniac is the busiest of the four short county courses. During peak times, this can lead to slow, frustrating rounds. Isn't that the truth? Uh, yeah. So again, I mentioned, I know the guy who, who runs that website. Um, and, uh, his name's Phil. Phil speaks the truth there. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Because uh, I, th- it's nine holes. It's less than 2,000 yards. And I'm pretty sure if you're on and off that place in four hours, you played pretty quick. I want you to dive in now, Scott, to the pricing that it would cost us if Right now, we decided, or anybody decided, that didn't live in Nassau County on Long Island and had a leisure pass 
what would it cost somebody to play this nine hole, 1,872 yard course with a cart? Nine holes with a cart would run you 63 bucks. Welcome to New York. If that's not the biggest, like, punch in the mouth of welcome to Nassau County, I don't know what is. Well, here's the the best part of that, because, I again, that's nine holes. So <laughs> that's 126 bucks for 18. <laughs> for a par 60. For, for Candiac. <laughs> I'm sure this is riveting radio right now. People hearing us laugh, but I really truly hope people can see how absolutely insane that is. And and Scott mentioned before getting off that course in 2:45 to three and a half hours is considered good. That's not a lie. I mean, th- there's nowhere to move on this course and the holes are so tightly packed it's like imagine if you just had imagine if you lived in like like west texas where land is plentiful and you just happen to have a big yard and you were like you know what it's perfectly flat there's a few sandy areas there's a chain link fence in my backyard i'm gonna make a golf course you could Mm -hmm. probably get around that course if there was no one out there at Caniac, you should be able to get around that course in, in probably, gosh, 45 minutes to an hour flat. A reasonable golfer, let's say 20 handicap or less. There's no trouble. I mean, there's like two sand traps on the course. There's no water. There's no trouble whatsoever. Now, imagine a course that is probably fit within 10 acres of land because it can't be much more. And imagine throwing... 80 to 100 people on that piece of land at once. And all of them are firing balls left and right, and none of them are going straight. And, I mean, you'll look over at some holes, and you'll see 15 people on a hole because there's the normal foursome. There's three people from an adjacent fairway. There's three people from the other side fairway. And there's, like, four people up on the green. And it's it's like it's chaos and pandemonium. And now – you know, living where you live and living where I live now and the type of golf that we get to play, um, it, it really is amazing that we stuck with the game after growing up on a course like that. Yeah, and and just for just for giggles, I just I, I had to look it up because it was making me like so it was 126 to play 18 there with a cart. Right. So at its uh, so again, right now, obviously the price goes down, but let's say like early spring, the weekday rate at rum point for 18 is 109 bucks for 18 <laughs> with a cart. So that's a, a Pete Dye course on the water with great views. Um, Ocean is, City, Maryland. Yeah, obviously yep. it's not New York, but still. Yeah, just yeah, throwing that out there. Right, but 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 exceptional views, exceptional conditioning, a, mm-hmm. a great piece of property uh, not that far away you know from where we grew up a few hours drive right And it really you know it when we talk about barriers to entry in the golf game, right we always talk about cost, 
we talk about accessibility. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a course that's extremely accessible, but that also becomes its downfall because with this extreme accessibility becomes an any single person can play. And we mean any. Like you will see people out there like me. Like I'm a prime example, someone that never touched a golf club, had it in his hands in his entire life, and I'm out playing golf one day. Like I could only imagine if I had a time machine and a camera to look upon what I looked like out there 20 plus years ago. And we definitely, as we kind of got more into it, we definitely brought people out there who were not regular golfers as well. Um, Who, again, like we, you know, we're going out there and we're like the, you know, the pros and we were bringing guys who, who really never played at all either. Um, and I, I, you'd go out there also, you'd see like six sums, eight sums, stuff like that. Um, at, Cause again, it was kind of just, you know, come as you were again. I think that's kind of cool, but at the same token, it's like, man, like this place just, continually is just slow and stuck and it's just a problem have you ever um maybe not i'll tell a story I was in texas playing golf i'm in fort worth and i'm playing with a, a true texan this guy's name was blue and mm-hmm. he was wearing overalls we played this course called the rock it was fort worth's you know kind of county course like this but it was full 18 real course and uh you know, he finds out I'm from Pennsylvania. We start talking. He's in overalls and stuff like that. Awesome guy. He's teaching me how to play in the wind. And it was just uh, like a true, like down-to-earth, you know, hometown experience. And he said, you ever see those mounds over there before, boy? And I said, no. And he says, those are anthills. He goes, you got anthills where you live. I said, yeah, we got anthills. He goes, those are fire ants. <clears throat> he goes, I want you to do this. There was uh, pecan trees. He said, you're going to take one of these nuts, right, from – can that fell that the animals ate so you're gonna throw it on top of that anthill i said okay he's gonna throw it and you're gonna run i said mm. okay he's like you ever thrown a grenade before i'm like no i haven't thrown a grenade before i guess that might be a typical thing to ask someone mm. from texas um and he looked kind of shocked that i never threw a grenade and he said so throw it like a grenade at the, at the anthill and run and so he's about 20 30 feet away from me i'm about three four feet away from it I throw it, I run back. By the time it took me to run 20 feet, 30 feet, maybe, mm. I'm talking a flow of ants like water. Mm-hmm. That's what Caniac Park is like. It's just a flow mm. of Long Islanders nonstop. Most of the people, honestly, there are not in good moods because of the fact that the rounds take so long and they're also not good golfers. So, like that mm. combo really stresses people out yeah so i i don't want to and i don't want to scare people off of it because again if you're new to golf and that's a spot for you you know by all means it's a spot to go play um well and let me is there a hole that stands out in your mind okay like "Eh, that's not a terrible hole so i don't know if it stands out in my mind because it's not terrible because it's literally a chain link fence on the left side but hole number one was always kind of my my favorite hole. Mm. I felt like it had the most character. Um, it had a bunker, I believe. Like there's a bunker in front, front of the green, yeah. front left. 
So it was um, one, maybe a fairway bunker too, actually. It, yeah, it there's a so there's two bunkers front in front of the green. One's kind of way off, and then there's a fairway bunker off to the left. So for me, I remember my like defining moment was getting close to that green for the first time. And so for me, you know, playing from the white tees, that means I hit a drive of like 230, maybe 240, you know, and it rolled. And, and I'll never forget, I was, I was playing with you and we had brought BJ with us. Mm-hmm. Talking about people that don't play golf, right? And bringing mm-hmm. him along. And to backtrack real quick, it is a great course because you can flat out suck and you don't stand out. And, and that's yep. kind of a good thing. So we were playing, and I was notorious for hitting the ball right off the first tee. Um, I mean, I came at, you know, probably 45, 50% of the time I lost balls off that tee. And I hit this one drive, and it went dead straight. I remember it, like, clearing the bunker, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, that might get up on the green. And it didn't, right? But it was so close. And to me, like, that was the first great drive of my life. And I think I probably made like a real easy tap in par. And like you said before, I thought it was great that you mentioned this. You said you can bring new golfers out there and feel like a pro. And I walked mm-hmm. off that, that green, Scott, and I was like, see how easy that was, boys? Like, like let's get after it. We're shooting career rounds today. And then I probably mm-hmm. shot 58. But, you know, I had that one hole. Yeah, how about I mean, you that- as- how about you as far as like the architecture there? Any any hole that stands out? So the hole that in terms of like architecture stands out for me, um, the sixth hole, which if you remember, it plays again, the tee is kind of like right by the clubhouse and then you play up a hill and then it kind of like the green kind of like plateaus out. Um, for That's me- That's the real long hole, right? That's the longest- uh, it's the longest hole there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I say real long hole. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it, uh, it maxes out at like 270 something or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it just, for me, cause it's like, it's uphill also. Um, I'm pretty sure that there's some bunkering. Um, although those two bunkers are, yeah, there's two bunkers like around the green. Um, it dog legs a little bit to the left. Um, for me, that's like, you know, you could take that hole and, you know, sort of lengthen it and put it on any golf course and you'd probably be okay, uh, in terms of what you were giving people. So for me, that was kind of like, wow, this is like, it's like a big boy hole. Um, the one that stands out in terms of like strategy for me is the, the hole right before that, the fifth hole, um, which has. And I, as I look at it on the satellite, it is a very, very minimal dogleg. But I remember it being like, oh, wow, this is like a right angle into the green. Totally is not. But yeah, um, if you know, but, if you're not hitting the ball deep because you don't really know what you're doing, it's uh, it, it seemed that way. So. I want to go into a few reviews I found online. Hmm. There's one or two that kind of echo what we say slow overpriced um not the greatest condition 
But this is something I completely forgot about until I read these two reviews. And both of them talked about how much duck droppings or geese guano, if you will, mm. are all over the course. And I completely forgot about that because the, the Canadian goose, if you will, is like a Long Island mascot. It's like a NASA, like everywhere. They're on baseball mm. fields, football fields, high schools. And with us being on an island, the proximity to the water, it is a natural environment for them. And I do always remember that being one of those things like, oh, like, Scott, my ball's in geese crap. Like, I clean it and just move it, you know, to the side. Like, that was a another factor you had to, like, especially when you were chipping. Like, you had to take that into consideration. Like, do I want to yeah. land it here with all this crap or I try to fly it over the crap? And it's literal so crap. Yeah, and I, I wonder if that's something, because, again, it, it, we haven't been there in forever. Um, and those I, I found those two reviews also. Those are from, like, 2015. I'm almost yeah. wondering if, at this point, they just have the, the dog that runs out. They might. Um, they might. But I also want – part of me wants to think, nah, they don't. What <laughs> they just was go with the, it. What was the nine-hole course in Merrick by the water that had the dog all, that's all the time? Actually, called merrick road golf course oh okay. well, there um, you go <laughs> that i actually that course to me that's like a little like and i don't think it's so hidden um but i consider that course a little bit of a hidden gem yeah that was a great place growing up that was always like that was our splurge course do you remember yeah. like it was like okay it's an extra 20 minutes away so we got to pay for gas and it's a little bit more expensive but it's by the water like mm -hmm. that was upscale to me well, in the first three holes, I play over the water. Um, so they, they were definitely, um, is definitely like a, a different experience for us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So let me ask you this. Do you have any defining moments um, about Kaniac or at Kaniac that you can remember? Now, I already told the story about how I started golf and, mm. and my first big drive, if you will. I'm going to tell another one. I'll give you some time to think about this. And it was when I took my dad to the driving range for the first time. I had gotten into golf and, you know, Scott, you remember, we, we were at New York Golf Store every single day, every weekend, hitting clubs, looking at balls, trying putters. It's where we got our first real set of clubs. Mm -hmm. I got my Arnold Palmer Statesman's there. And the first driver I ever got was an offset King Cobra T.I., First graphite shafted driver ever. Mm. So I take my dad to the range and, you know, I want to show him this new sport that I'm getting into and stuff. And, you know, I paid for the club with my own money for working in the summer and working on campus jobs and all that. And my dad's like, well, let me try this. I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm giving him a little bit of instruction. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And I said, you don't hit the ground with this club. This club, you sweep the ball off the tee, but you don't hit the ground, Dad. He's like, gotcha. Like, don't hit the ground. So he takes one swing, and the ball barely goes anywhere. He hits it off the neck. He's like, I tee another one up for me. Okay, tees another one up. Doesn't go anywhere. He's like, I right, one more, one more, one more. Hits the ground. Head goes flying. Breaks my club within three swings. Had to pay to get it reshafted. Mm. They told me, and I don't, you know, again, being a newbie to the golf game, I didn't know if this was true. They're like, well, we can only shaft it in, in steel because we don't have the same shaft in. I was like, all right, whatever. 
Um, so then I had a steel shafted driver. I was like Tiger Woods, you know, playing hmm. steel shafted driver. Um, but my dad never hit a golf ball again until he moved to Pennsylvania. And then he had hit a few, you know, at the range with like right. clubs there. So that's a lasting memory I will never forget. Hmm. Uh, I don't, so I, I, I don't necessarily have any like lasting memories of the golf course, but my lasting memories are of the, the driving range as well. Um, cause again, like you moved off Long Island before I did. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a spot that I would go hit balls regularly. Um, you know, get a little practice in, especially during the summer. Again, I go out like as much as I could get a little practice in, do, you know, do my usual routine um and i think it was a it was a saturday morning and i i got up early got my clubs went out to the range and i got there and there's no one there but the door was open so i'm like ah oh, that's strange so i i go walk in, I walk out to the the range part all the mats are gone all the buckets are gone and there's one guy, and he's like, are you come to hit balls? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, you're going to have to come back in a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, what, what's up? And he's like, well, the guy who runs the range, uh, he was quitting. And last night, he came, he took all the stuff, loaded it in his truck, and left. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah. He's like, we're getting some mats and some balls and some stuff from Eisenhower, but it's going to be a little bit. And I'm like, I'll just head there. <laughs> and he's like, that's probably a good decision. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's absolutely hilarious. Um, I, I will tell you this. I have a picture of you and my original car, 1985 Buick Regal. Mm. Okay. Which we used to drive around everywhere. And you're wearing a uh, University of Michigan hat. And you are pantomiming, smashing mm. the car with a golf club. Now, I mean an actual picture. I don't mean, mm. you know, like for the kids now, digital, like it, an actual it's printed picture. on It's printed on photo paper. Yeah, it's the three by five. And that picture, Scott, has been in my school work bag since the first day that I started work in really? 2001. Wow. Yep. Yep. That was <laughs> hanging up in my dorm. And it was always my connection kind of back to where I grew up. You know what I mean? Mm, and it's nice. like, it's one of my favorite pictures of you that I have because. I can clearly remember it in my mind. You know, it was probably one of those things you were like, I hit a bad shot. Ah! Right. <laughs> and it's in the parking lot of Caniac. You can see the, mm -hmm. the driving range in the background of it. Nice. It's got the, the, the Buick Regal with, uh, I believe you, uh, you frequently would duct tape the bumper back on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it had all the band stickers in the back. And mm. hey, let me tell you this story. And this is crazy. And this is going real in depth for people that are still listening now that we're not talking about golf anymore. But I traded my Buick Regal the first time I get a, a new job, my first teaching job. They gave me $150 for it. I was overwhelmed. 
Um, the car had 195,000 miles on it. Like Scott said, the front bumper was duct taped or the grill was duct taped. Um, the stitching in the roof was coming down. So you just have to staple the, the headliner back up. Uh, a host of problems, if you will. You know, as you would assume for a car that was almost 17 years old at the time. So I traded in and I always had my college's sticker in the back window. And I went to East Stroudsburg University and their mascot used to be the warrior, but it was a Native American head. They since Mm. changed that. But it was this Native American sticker in the back and you couldn't get that anymore. You know, like it was banned 10 years prior. And I'm driving by where I live now by one of the ice cream places. And I see what I believe to be my original car that my grandfather bought on Long Island in 1984, 1985. Mm. And I drive into the parking lot and sure as hell, there's the Indian head sticker in the back window. And so someone had purchased from a salvage yard or something like that, that car. Scott, that car is still on the road in our area here. That's ins- someone probably bought like a like a someone who's like good with cars probably yeah. rebought bought it restored it put in a new engine transmission and all that and you know as long as you can keep it running yeah I mean, those those cars back then will run forever so it's 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 true I mean it looks very worse for wear um, one of the quarter panels is like gone and they put some blue one on it and it's like all piecemeal together but it is the same damn car. Uh, going on, you know, God, 40 years, you know, crazy. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely insane. So that's that. That's a little a little trip down memory lane with the Candiac Park and, and our old means of transportation there. Yeah, yeah. So now you get a better understanding of where Leave the Pin came from and, and how deep the roots go. Mm. We, we started from the bottom. And, and uh, now, uh, now we're here. We're here. Uh, Scotto, tell them what to do. Uh, I believe it's a good time to get busy golfing or get busy dying.